Welcome to Cutting to the Bull in the post-truth apocalypse quarantine edition. I'm Ben. As always, I'm joined by Gaz. Hello. And Mike. Hello. Today, we're going to delve back into a little bit of true crime. We're going to talk about D.B. Cooper. Oh, yeah. It's one of my favourites. It's it's interesting. It is interesting. I mean, he's got balls. He's got some balls on him. I'll give him that. Did you know about this one, Mike? No, I didn't. Not. I think I'd heard about it before, but not. Not in depth. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. It's an interesting one, yeah. yeah. It's interesting that his name isn't even D.B. Cooper. Fuck knows where that came from. <laughs> well, Dan Well, Cooper. I can explain that later on. It's uh-huh. just But anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that in a bit. How does we usually yeah. do this, Ben? Do you want to let the lovely people know? Well, Mike's going to tell us about top listeners, new and returning listeners, and then uh, we'll do some weird news and then crack on with the main cut and thrust of the day. Oh, you're lucky I'm back, actually. I've just took a 230-mile round trip to Durham. Nah. <laughs> test your eyesight. Yeah, test my eyesight, yeah. I couldn't <laughs> see very well this morning. In fact, everything was very dark, so I thought, well, I'll get in a car and drive for 230 miles. <laughs> With the four-year-old in the back. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where the four-year-old come from. It wasn't mine. <laughs> just went to your neighbour and said, look, love, i just got to test my eyesight. I'm driving to Durham for 230 miles. Can I borrow your four-year-old four son? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows you can test your eyesight better when there's a kid in the car. Yeah. <laughs> Makes you concentrate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. As far as excuses go, that's got to be that's got to be the worst I've ever heard. And then there's that fucking weasel go going, oh, yeah, I've done that to test my eyesight. I've grown a bit pretty much. Why is everyone getting in the car to test their eyesight? No, Gove didn't quite say it, did he? He tried to say it, and the and the uh, the presenter was like laughing, saying, "Oh, I, I like to say you're gonna get out of this one." <laughs> <laughs> Guys, have you ever felt nearly blind and then got in your van and gone to work and most, drove around the country all day? Yeah, most mornings. That's what makes me a professional driver, Ben. <laughs> rain blind, or drunk, Gaz. Just just eyesight feeling a bit dodgy. Rain or shine, depression. Suicidal tendencies, they don't stop me from getting behind that wheel, mate. <laughs> Blind, temporary blindness. <laughs> I have well, got to say, though, with this yeah? Dominic Cummings story, I haven't really followed it in detail. I've just seen everyone's reaction to it, and I fully understand everybody being very pissed off with him. I really do. I'm not, yeah. because I haven't been locked in the house, so it really doesn't bother me. But I do understand why it bothers everyone else. But one thing I will say is I've been genuinely shocked at the naivety of people that are like, so so you're saying it's one rule for you and a different one from us? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Are you fucking stupid? Good it fucking is. Haven't you been paying attention for, I don't know, the entirety of your fucking life? It doesn't mean it's right or fair, but if you... Of course it's that fucking way. It's how power works, you tit. I love it. How everything the government's done since 2010, since it's come in power, yeah, it's hardly stirred the British public. 
But as soon as no. a bit of foul play, someone's doing something they're not allowed to do. Oh, oh. flows, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. But it might for eight fucking weeks. It, everyone collectively lost their shit over it. Yeah. I've been on weird, it's been weird being on the outside, being like, I know this should bother me, but it doesn't. And it's only because I haven't been locked in the house. I think if I was locked in the house, I'd be chucking stuff at the TV as well. Like, you can't. But yeah, <laughs> never mind that they're nearly fucking, they're selling off your NHS through the back door and fucking killing people with bedroom tax and fucking homeless has gone up 90 odd percent. Fucking drove to Durham. <laughs> <laughs> When I lockdown. see me on fucking Vera, that cunt. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, some people have had to miss the last few days with their loved ones that are dying because they can't no, see no. them and things like that and miss funerals. and you Haven't seen their children, can't hug yeah. their children. Oh, yeah. Mate, I'm in that boat. I know I haven't yeah. been locked in the house, but I haven't been able to uh, see family and loved ones early yeah. kids. So, I do, I totally get it. It's just a unique position to be like, well, I've been driving around like, does everyone hate me as well? <laughs> but like, <laughs> I, had, I had a reason to be, I suppose. You're a key I, worker, Gaz. Yeah, I'm not on TV telling you to stay in the house. You should be. Well, <laughs> yeah. anyway, that, that's my little rant on the whole situation. No, I've also got some good news. Okay. Yeah, you know that um, that chap on the, um, we had on Weird News, who was... Um, he was convinced his ghost girlfriend was cheating on him. Cheating on him. Yeah. yeah. Shagged her last night. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> ghost uh, sex. How could you have when she was here sucking me up? I think you were shagging an entirely different ghost, mate. How do you know you weren't shagging a different ghost? Ah, <laughs> 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 to say. <laughs> it, it said its name was... What's her name again? <laughs> it was Lisa. <laughs> So clearly it wasn't Lisa. That <laughs> was like, sounds legit to me. Sorry. The ghost of Winston Churchill tanked up on whiskey. <laughs> uh, I've got some really sad news, guys. Yeah? Yeah. Sat around uh, chatting at this um, perfectly legal socially distancing barbecue at the weekend. We were like, I wonder if Candy's in Telford, the uh, massage parlour, is open. Yeah. Nice said. I guarantee they've still been doing business throughout this pandemic. You know, girls got to eat, you know. Eat cock. Uh, yeah. Out of curiosity, <laughs> we called the number. No answer. Oh, maybe they're all busy fucking. Somebody always answers at Candy's. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I didn't even told that. <laughs> Where everyone knows your name. No. <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> 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 Are you on first name basis now with all Candy's employees? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that formal. They call me Mr. Vincent. I'm surprised <laughs> you haven't got a pseudonym. You go in there with like a moustache and fake nose and glasses. Hello, my name ben. is Mr. Jones. Do I strike you as the type of man who would feel shameful walking into a sex? I forgot the word brothel. A brothel. No, no, you don't. No. I may feel slight shame coming out. <laughs> Certainly no shame going in. <laughs> Should we get on with the thank yous? <laughs> yes. Yes, you can, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> 
in such a rush to get there. Yeah. <laughs> didn't have it prepared, did I? You're like an no, idiot. You didn't think that one through. I didn't. Tottenham, UK. Blue Springs, Missouri. Bush Buck Bridge, South Africa. Wow, South <laughs> Africa, eh? Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Oh, welcome back. Indianapolis. Uh, I-N, what's that? I have no Indiana. idea. Indiana. No, right. What's Quebec. <laughs> Quebec, Canada, Glasgow, UK. Leeds, UK. Hearn, Germany. Toronto, Canada. Elgin, Texas. Right. Pasadena, California. Oh. And the top three. Alexandria, Australia. Shady wow. Nasty, New York. And Telford, UK. Hey, Telford's number one. What the fuck's going on? That's our hometown, hey. by the way, listeners. We've got a shout out for the people of Shady Nasty. Yeah. I saw a nice nice video on Twitter earlier, Mike, showing uh, their local police force taking a knee alongside protesters in solidarity. In awesome, uniform. yeah. I, I saw the sheriff them. do that as well. It was fucking yeah. awesome. I saw Liverpool Football Club do it. <laughs> Good. That's where it should be. We should oh. probably touch on that, shouldn't we, really? That is happening as we record. There are um, massive riots in the US, possibly on brink of a civil war. Maybe. Looking that way, fucking hell. You know, people bitterly divided between the lines of Captain Bone Spurs in his bunker being pretty much the next messiah and everyone else who thinks he's a complete racist twat. Yeah. Basically called for violence against, basically said shoot the looters, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. What a cunt. Yeah, I would like to see how many soldiers he gets to carry that out because the, your average soldier isn't too keen on shooting people who he, you know he may know or be related to. Just no red-blooded American soldier, if he's truly a red-blooded American soldier, could even conceive for one fucking second of opening fire upon its own citizens under any fucking circumstances. You'd think so. I'm not. 100% sure, I think he's got to call the National Guard, who are their equivalent of the part-time reserve in the UK, because no. there's something about US military personnel not being allowed to operate on US soil unless it's a war or a terrorist situation or something like that. Yeah. I think the whole point of it is is they're not allowed to interfere with um, civil matters unless it all really does go to shit. Yeah. And then... I'm not sure about that. I will look into that. And Gaz, I think you're putting a lot of faith in the morality of the US military. It's you can you can argue morality as a as an organization, Mike, but at the end of the day, it all comes down to are your soldiers brave enough not to follow orders? I mean, look at the amount of Nazis who said, Oh, I was following orders when they were telling Exactly. You know, I don't know. I'm not having faith in the morality of the American military at all. It's having faith or not even faith it's just pointing out that if they were truly american as i understand it they wouldn't even couldn't even be able to conceive a fire on the most un-american thing you could possibly do you could say the same thing for the police protect and serve they're not protecting and serving the black community are they no but also i'd like to point out there's got a lot of african-american soldiers because they get targeted join up because they're from poor areas with no prospects they're quite unlikely to want to shoot on the protesters. They probably agree. Yeah, but I'm sure there's a lot of racist white. We'll see what it would. Yeah, of course we'll see they what are. Happens. There's 
most of them are, but I'm not trying to defend anybody or argue with anybody. No, I know, I know. But, you know, if you're a true red-blooded American who truly believes all that fucking bullshit and fucking raise your flag properly every night and bring it down and fold it properly every night, if you're one of them, technically you shouldn't, it shouldn't be in you to be a racist. You're fucking hypocrites. That's all I was trying to say, really. Yeah. If you well, this tr- is true. They're all hypocrites. I mean, they're not told these are peaceful protesters. They're told that these are insurgents, these are radical leftist terrorists that need to be sorted. Yeah. They subconsciously find themselves firing above the crowd and shit like that. Oh, you'll have that, yeah. You will have that. And eventually, all regimes, when they fall, it's when the police come onto the protesters' side, that's when it's normally mm. the turning point. So it does happen, it just takes it. It all depends on what point that that breaks the morale of the police and they decide that they're not going to protect a corrupt government over their own people. Yeah. No, it does come, to, does come to a head at, at some point. Like Batman showed up in Philadelphia. And then the home of the brave. Uh, <laughs> hi, I'm, I'm reporting from downtown Louisville. Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. At least the worst you get in Britain's a bit of bricks thrown about, isn't it? That's it, isn't it? When it all kicks off, some horses and some old cannons. <laughs> <laughs> and the oh, thing is, they only bring out the horses because like... no one really wants to work the horse. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Even your most cuntiest chav's a bit like, oh, I don't want to punch a fucking horse. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. It's like, oh, look at the horse. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck, he's on me face. No, I'm not making fight of it, man. Honestly, my heart bleeds for America. I've got a few, no, I've got two, precisely two friends in America. You know, eh, it's horrible. I don't really have anything of value to say about that, I don't think. Let's do some fucking silly news yeah. stories. Let's yeah. just say we're, let's just say we're in solidarity with the protesters oh, yeah, and Black Lives Matter. Li- you know what I mean? I'm literally, Absolutely. I swear to God, because I can, I might. I'm taking a knee, physically taking a knee right yeah. now. Yeah. Fuck them! Don't let the bastards grind you down. Ooh, I would take time. a knee, but it was leg day today, and my legs are really sore. Very quick tangent for the news. You know that saying: "Don't let the bastards grind you down." Yeah. Um, I thought, I love that saying, I fucking love that. So working class. And like, I wonder where that comes from. It must be from a rousing poem or something. It's like, it's what's called cod Latin. It's just like a Latin phrase made up like by a modern, like some American general in like 1940 something. Yeah, that re- loosely translates to English. As, so he had the English first and then he tried to make a Latin saying out of it. Ah, to be, see, yeah. To be his, um, back, what, his motto. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but yeah, so that's where it comes from. An American general made it up, not a poet, but I love it. Don't let the bastards grind you down. Yeah? So, Patton yeah. would say. Yeah, I don't think it was him, though. I'd have remembered that. That famous psychopath Patton. <laughs> mm. Mind you, damn effective general. Anyway. <laughs> weird news? But, yay. Is- Let's get the boys' views on this week's weird news. Okay, let's start it off. Three Bolivian brothers hospitalised after letting Black Widow bite them to become Spider-Man. 
Oh, Lord. <laughs> the boys have not been named, but are aged 8, 10, and 12, and live in the town of uh, Chianta in the southern southwestern Bolivian department of Potosi. Potosi. The youngsters are clearly fans of the Marvel superhero franchise, in which Peter Parker is bitten by a radioactive spider and develops spider-like abilities. They also fail to realise the story is purely fictional. Um, <gasps> while tending to the sheep owned by the family, the three boys found a black widow spider and came up with the idea that if it bite them, they would develop superpowers. Their mother was reported yet collecting wood while the brothers taunted the black widow with a stick and allowed it to sink its fangs into their skin. Fuck. While developing powers, they quickly started to develop symptoms from the venomous bites, which include muscle pain, spasms, abdominal cramps, and increased heart rate. They are evil little fucking bastards, and Black Widows. I bet. Is it working yet, what? Billy? Is it working? Yes. Oh, I think so. Working, though. I bet if they've watched <laughs> the films, they've obviously seen the films, they're still going to think at this point that it is working. Because he does go spazzy and sick and then grows muscles and shit. So, yes, he does. So they're Until like, they... yeah, it's working, it's working. Yeah. <laughs> 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 How are you doing, Billy? Oh, Billy. How are you doing, Billy? It tastes like burning. <laughs> <laughs> My mouth tastes like death. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, did they die? No. Right, so they might not have gained superpowers, but these are three fucking mental strength, hard nut little kids, for fuck's sake. Uh, they're raising sheep in some Bolivian hellhole, uh, and they're, they're, they're hard enough to let spiders bite them without screaming uh, like girls. Oh, I no, would they, be, they, I'd be like, no! No, no. No, they, 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 cry, they were crying. Yeah, okay, but they're still harder than us. Yeah, the venom's 15 times stronger than that of a rattlesnake. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's boring tended sheep. In Bolivia. I'm surprised they've seen Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, Ben, that's a bit... I mean, they've got, I'm sure they've got TVs in Bolivia. Well, they probably have, but it's a bit of a poor country, and they're tending sheep in the fucking mountains, and there's black widows trotting around. Well, I'm sure they won't have comics. Maybe, mm. but I'm just, I was thinking of a, a money. Have they got the money to buy comics? Then again, I mean, who hasn't heard of Spider Man? Yeah. Even my mum's heard of Spider Man. Well, yeah. Basically, it's a happy ending for once. They were released after five days after being given a serum, which proved effective. Ah, oh, I thought you were going to say there's a happy ending. After five days, they would have fight against the lizard man at the top. <laughs> 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 After five days, they saved the Bolivian capital from Doc Ock and the Green Goblin. <laughs> oh, well. At least they didn't die. They didn't die, so it's a happy story for once. <laughs> Unlike uh, this one. Oh, no. Well, I suppose it's not too bad, but dangerous. Not too bad. Monkeys steal coronavirus blood samples in India. Well, you want the rage virus? <laughs> That's how you get the rage virus. This is how you get super corona AIDS. Oh, no. <laughs> <sighs> a troop of monkeys in India attacked a medical official and snatched away blood samples of patients who were tested positive for the novel coronavirus, authorities said on Friday. I just want to oh. jump in there. It's in Lucknow in India, right? Which is not the first <laughs> time. Lucknow, monkeys! 
This is not the first uh, time we have covered a monkeys attacking people story from Lucknow. I'm sure it isn't. No, I think it isn't. Lucknow, monkey. Sorry. <laughs> Obviously, they never did. There's a great Latin pun about Lucknow from the time of the Empire. There's a siege there. I've got into it before. In together, but it sounds riveted. Oh, it does. Basically, someone... <laughs> was I right? No, you don't tell me again. I've obviously forgotten. Because... The release <laughs> column came in and some bloke was like, see, Vicar Fortunis, which means I'm in luck now. Oh. Are you going to close the chance, you know, at the navigation officer's um, conference? So that would have been had him rolling in the aisles. <laughs> yeah, trying to get to the doors to get away before you quipped again. <laughs> uh, sorry Mike go on um. the attack occurred this week when a laboratory technician was walking in the campus of a state run medical college in Meerut 285 miles north of Lucknow capital of Uttar Pradesh state monkeys grabbed and fled with the blood samples of four COVID-19 patients who were undergoing treatment we had to take their blood samples again said Dr SK Garg a top official at the college Right. Authorities said they were not clear if the monkeys had spilled the blood samples, but people living near the leafy campus feared further spread of the virus as the monkeys carried the samples into residential areas. From now on, I suggest this laboratory employs a dedicated monkey sniper. <laughs> they can't keep the windows shut. It's India. You can't expect them. You know, it's going to be sweltering. Monkey sniper. A humane way. Darts or something. No, I used to have 50 cow blow them apart. <laughs> Barrett 50 cow sniper rifle. Fucking This here little monkey's the most powerful handgun in the world. <laughs> It'll blow your head clean off. <laughs> you know, just sit, sat on a rooftop, see this guy getting, you know, a bit like the Punisher in many ways, except for monkeys. We, we could, you know, like a zoo worker with like darts. Well, yeah, you could, but it'd be more fun if we got Frank Castle to do it. I don't know. That's your kind of fun, gore and in, innards and splatters and screams. And the smell. He would have protected those blood samples. Yeah, I know. I, I know. I suggested the sniper, but I wasn't envisaging it like to be like a gore porn. It was more <laughs> like keep the coronavirus safe. Well, he hasn't got to shoot them just on sight. I mean, if obviously they're attacking someone, then he should be shooting them, shouldn't he? If they go anywhere near the samples, I will accept the shooting. Because then it'll be like, oh, don't go near him, because, you know, look what happened to Jess the monkey. I don't know. The old monkey's accord. Hmm. Do they have names? Is there any more to that? No, not really, mate. That's it. Okay. Should we uh, do the final straw? Yep. And finally, a pair hired for man's broom sexual fantasy... Turn up in wrong bedroom at wrong address with machete. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> the headline doesn't make much sense. I'm going to read it word for word. Pair hired for man's broom sexual fantasy. Turn up in bedroom at wrong address with machetes. <laughs> well, they forgot the broom. That's what they went what, wrong. That word broom is in there. I think it's about man's brutal sexual fantasy. No, no, yeah. it, is, it is broom. You'll, okay. you'll find out as you go on. Terribly poorly w- written headline. Well, it's my um, news. 
Two men snuck into a bedroom with machetes after being hired to carry out a stranger's sexual fantasy. <laughs> We're about to see where the broom comes in. <laughs> being tied up his underwear and stroked with a broom. <laughs> I thought it was going to be way more severe than stroke. Well, no, no. That's what the guy said. Uh, uh, you know this was going to go down a very different way. Uh, uh, I just wanted them to stroke me with the broom. That was yeah. I just wanted really? them to rub my nuts with the broom handle. Honestly, <laughs> nah, nah, sorry, nah, nah. We know where that broom handle was going, buddy. Pair from Sydney, Australia, made their apologies and left the startled victim's bedside as they realised their mistake. <laughs> startled victim. <laughs> One of the men. Imagine it. Oh, it's all right, mate. I'm not here to bloody cut your head off, mate. What it is, you know, it's a sexual fantasy. We've got the wrong bloody room, mate. No, I can't. I don't need to call the police. I've got a cockney, but you don't need to call the police. It's fine. No, but you're good. Mate. It's a sexual fantasy, not a robbery. No. In your bedroom with a big machete. I'm <laughs> done. Fuck. One of the men. Fuck. Terence Lee has now been acquitted of entering the home in July 2019, intending to intimidate while armed with an offensive weapon. After the New South Wales District Court accepted his explanation. In all fairness, that's one hell of an explanation. Yeah. He says, conceding, quote, the facts of the case are unusual. <laughs> You're telling me? Judge mm -hmm. Sean Grant set out his reasons for the not guilty verdict, saying the evidence did not suggest the men's actions were intentional. They carried the machetes either as a prop or something to use in that fantasy, he said. The fantasy was unscripted and there was discretion as to how it would be carried out. According to court documents, a man living in western New South Wales near Griffith, quote, wanted a broom handle to be rubbed around his underwear. Yeah, I'm really sure he did. <laughs> he was willing to pay $5,000 if it was really good. Uh, well, I think that's all we really need from that story. Yeah. So, do you think... Do is the think... money to be made from this? Is there money to be made? Because I'll, I'll break out. into someone's house with a machete, tie them up and rub a broom and all around them if they're going to pay me five grand. Wait, wait. It's not I bad think for nice work, is it? And wait, wait. I think there's money to be made of this man specifically. Uh, I don't think there's an abundance of men wanting to be their house broken into and their underwear rub prodded with a, a broom. Well, you no, gonna... I mean, if they're specifically paying you for this particular yeah. task... By flying out to Australia and that, you're already going to be you're going to be in the minus anyway. Mate, mate, there's perverts everywhere. <laughs> I'm one of them. You're one of them. Mike's one of them. Hey, I don't a broom up me ass. But well, I say you do. Well, you're all perverted our own little ways. Speak for yourself. No, oh am. yes, says the man who was bitterly disappointed <laughs> on ringing up the local sex shop. <laughs> I was joked. I was material. No, no it just, wasn't. We I both just, know it. We all know it wasn't. And I just like to put a cow up my ass. <laughs> a cat, a carrot. Oh right. <laughs> yeah, cat up there to burrow its way out. Uh, <laughs> that's extreme, <laughs> right? I think I've got a new... feeling. I've got a feeling this might have been a grudge against. He had a grudge against somebody. <laughs> Wanted to shit them up and concocted this whole story. Gave him the the right address, not the wrong address. Yeah. Wanted to shit this guy up in the middle of the night. <laughs> well, he'd made arrangements with a man on Facebook to engage in the role play and sent his address before he later updated it after moving house. The resident of the home where the men 
mistakenly turned up, told police that when he noticed a light on in his lounge at around 6.15 a.m., he assumed it was a friend who visits day to make coffee. He said, bugger off, it's too early. After hearing a voice asking, is your name Kevin? The man said he turned his light on to see two men he did not recognise standing next to his bed, both holding machetes. <laughs> at one point, one of them asked, are you sure you're not Kevin? We were told to come to this address and pick up Kevin. And eventually, accepting their error, the duo then left, with one saying, sorry, mate, and shaking the <laughs> resident's hand while the other said, bye. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Holy shit. We'll bring you a few tinnies to make up for it, mate. Don't call the cops. Yeah. Bless him. Leroy's lawyer said it was a commercial agreement to tie up and stroke a semi-naked man in his underpants with a broom. Commercial agreement, five grand, wow. And he forgot to give them his new address. Well, he, he did. I think they just, uh, there was a bit of um, technophobia going on. They obviously didn't notice that uh, he'd sent them a new message, maybe. Uh, technical errors. So, yeah. Right, so let's talk about the case of D.B. Cooper, also the man with the biggest balls in the 1970s. Huh, certainly was. D.B. Cooper, also known as Dan Cooper, is a criminal who in 1971 hijacked a commercial plane travelling from Portland, Oregon to Seattle, Washington, and later parachuted out the aircraft with the ransom money. An extensive manhunt ensued, but the hijacker was never identified or caught, resulting in one of the greatest unsolved mysteries in U.S. history. The man using the alias Dan Cooper used the alias Dan Cooper. But in the subsequent news reporting, a reporter misheard the name as D.B. Cooper, which became widely used. Is he deaf? He <laughs> must be. There's nothing, there's nothing the same. Dan, D.B.? Could have been Unless a bad... the policeman had a speech impediment. Mm. Could have been a bad line. Could have been. Yeah, it could have been on could fucking be. Skype. <laughs> well, it was just stick <laughs> <laughs> On November 24th, 1971, the day before Thanksgiving, a nondescript man, and this is the point of this, he is so nondescript, he's virtually a fucking non-entity. He's like the classic grey man. Have you ever heard that analogy? No. The grey man is like just that guy who could just be anybody. He just looks so normal, he does not draw attention to himself. No distinguishing features at all. Nope, just just looks like a dude. That's it. Obviously, he also had the personality for it to not be displaying any signs of it. Uh, like, I'm about to try and steal a plane. Um, yeah. You know, that takes some balls just to be just to be normal in that situation and, and well, fit in. Yeah. Because in my because like, to be honest, in my head, he's Leonardo DiCaprio. He looks cool as fuck. All the stewardesses are winking at him. He's smoking a fag and drinking a whiskey. But now he's just like nondescript, normal. He was uh, obviously back in the day in the 1970s, you could smoke on planes. So he was smoking, reported as being smoking and drinking a bourbon. You know what I mean? I want him to look like a fucking, I want him to look like James Bond. Do you know what I mean? Not like, you know, Norman from the bank, who no one can describe. <laughs> <laughs> Well, sadly, he was Norman from the bank. <laughs> What's that constant banging noise in the background? Can anyone else hear it? No. 
Now and again, I keep hearing a banging noise. No. Okay, no worries. It stopped now since I mentioned it. <laughs> it's the back of my chair against the wall because that Lisa's sucking me off while I'm doing the podcast. That ghost Lisa. Uh, so you, you're just rocking yourself back and forwards with a hard on. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and my shorts down. Please go back to the DB Cooper, the Skyjack. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an image you want to think about, is it? No. <laughs> so, yes, he is a nondescript man who appeared to be in his mid-40s and about six feet tall, which is 1.83 metres if you're that way inclined. He bought a $20 ticket for Northwest Orient Airlines Flight 305 and gave his name as Dan Cooper, which later turned out to be fake. Now, to our younger listeners and even people of our age, you have to understand the American transport system. Getting on a plane at this point, in fact, any point before 9-11 in America, was like getting a bus. Mm-hmm. Very little security. And nine times out of ten, well, you haven't got to have a passport. You're flying in country. Give your name as whatever you want it to be. Yeah, paying cash. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, literally very little security. X-raying uh, your, your luggage or briefcases was not a thing. And, and that's how, obviously, the 9-11 hijackers well, you know, uh, obviously you know, got their sorry. knives on board. You know, they um they call the buses the Greyhound buses. I'm sure yeah. someone used to call one of the airlines as a sort of derogatory term, like the Greyhounds of the sky, because mm. it was literally, like you say, it was a bus with wings. A bit like <laughs> Ryanair. It's a bit like sitting on a Ryanair flight. It's just a bus. With, with the cheapest possible seats you could imagine with wings Ugh. on the side. I fucking hate Ryanair. I mean, it makes you want to die. I fly it because it's cheap, but my God. It's, huh. it's without a doubt the worst ever times I've ever spent on an airplane, really. It just makes you feel like cattle. It does. You're just crammed in. There's no room. You can't even fucking... If you've got the aisle seat, you can't even have a kit because the aerostats comes along with a... With yeah. a trolley every 10 minutes, trying to flog your shit and bangs your elbow. That's capitalism. That's capitalism. Um, oh, I think, I think there's a... I read a stat once exactly. where the, the modern airline passenger has only, like, about an inch and a half, two inches more space than a slave on the middle passage. <laughs> <laughs> Back in oh, the day oh. when slavery was uh, a thing and they were shipping the, the slaves from Africa to uh, America. A bit dangerous, though, isn't it, to compare the two, Ben? Well, I'm just saying that, you know, um, I'm just saying space-wise... As, as bad as Ryanair is, I don't imagine that it's anywhere near as bad as being locked in a fucking slave ship. <laughs> I wasn't meaning it like that. I was just pointing out that you haven't got much more room. I mean, living in your own... I mean, then again, have you ever flown Ryanair, Mike? Then I... No, but I've been in a slave ship from fucking <laughs> <laughs> Africa to the uh, Indies. Mike, why were you on a slave ship? <laughs> I was joking. <laughs> no, obviously. I'm why, why? Obviously. <laughs> You'd be a fucking slave, I know, in you, Mike. <laughs> Fuck that. Should we really be... Mate, America is on fire. In racial rioting. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> I didn't mean the Ryanair scenario was any type of slur. I was just pointing out a fact. Let's move on from the slave material 
and go back to <laughs> the fucking skyjacking story. For fuck's okay. sake. Okay. Thank you. Shortly after takeoff from Portland, he handed a note to a flight attendant in which he claimed to have a bomb in his briefcase. He then proceeded to open the briefcase, which contained numerous wires, red sticks, and a battery. In the note, it says he wants four parachutes and $200,000 in $20 bills, which is about $1.2 million nowadays. Woo! After the flight landed in Seattle, he obviously said, no one has to know. Tell the pilot, this is what's happening. I'm not going to make a scene. I'm going to stand up. In fact, he got the air hostess after she'd come back. He said, come back as you told the pilot. She made, he made her sit next to him. Mm. So I don't know how many passengers were aware of the fact their plane was under a a hijack scenario. Well, apparently, didn't he he pass a note to the... Yeah, he passed a note to the... Yeah, he said that. Oh, and she put his pocket and he said... You better read that now. I've got a bomb. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She thought he was giving her his number. Uh, like just being smooth. And he's like, no, no, you might want to read that. Because... <laughs> Boom. I like the idea of he's being really discreet about it. And she just puts it in, in her pocket. And he's like, oh, there's a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You really do want to read that note. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it's a much better way of doing it, isn't it, than panicking the whole, I've got a fucking bomb, any fucking prick moves, and I'll blow us all out of the fucking sky. Well, of course, but it didn't work, so he had to say in the end that he has a bomb. Yeah, but... Oh, I see what you're saying. But still, he didn't have to announce it to everyone, did he? No, well, when the flight landed in Seattle, he released the 36 passengers when authorities provided them money in the parachutes. However, he forced the two pilots, a flight engineer and a flight attendant to remain on the plane. And then it refueled. He ordered them to fly to Mexico City. Because let's face it, he's got 200 grand, $1.2 million in today's money in his pocket. Why not go to Mexico? And do some cocaine. Do lots of cocaine. <laughs> go and see a game. Gringo. You know, go to a You're, sex show. Uh, well, again. Probably one that doesn't involve donkeys. As we discussed on our um, bank robbery episode, I love me a fucking victimless crime where you just take the money off of a big corporation and a government. And and this guy, yeah, he might have put the wind up a few people. He didn't hit anybody, he didn't strike anybody. He didn't, well, I guess he did kind of threaten them. But you know what I mean? He wasn't threatening in his behavior. And, no, uh, he was very calm through the whole thing. Mm. Incredibly <laughs> calm. Even it's ordering a bowl and smoking cigarettes. That's why I think it's so cool. He, didn't he have a drink as well? Didn't he ask to order a drink on the plane? And like, yeah, he had a, had a bourbon, yeah. And he's smoking a fag and he's, you know, and it works. <laughs> D.B. Cooper is, at this point, he's got, uh, land, got them to um, land in... Oh, God, hang on, cut this bit out. <laughs> he was on a plane to Mexico City. He was on a plane to Mexico. They have literally just landed in Seattle and he's released the 36 passengers. And he got the money and four parachutes. Mm. So, per his instructions, the plane flew under 10,000 feet at a speed slower than 200 knots, which probably isn't very fast for a jet, uh, an an airline jet. I have 
No idea what no. 200 knots is. I don't work in knots. You may as well say 200 Bulgarians because <laughs> <laughs> it makes about as much sense to me. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Yeah, I don't know what knots. I'm Isn't sure it? someone will inform us. Um, I know how to. I'm going to have a guess. I think it might come from the Navy back in it the is, old days. It is. It's nautical. Yeah, it is definitely nautical, yeah. A rope with a load of knots at a set distance from each other, and you chuck it in the sea and see how fast the knots go, and you know how fast you're going. Yes, but the problem arises where we don't know the measurement of the knots, therefore we can't work it out. Also, no but airplane then... pilot is going to lean out the window with a knotted rope <laughs> and keep to his slip through his hands <laughs> with a lot of space time. Then, maybe equivalent. I mean, I not Phil. I mean, not. I don't know, but I've got no fucking hands left. <laughs> it's just coming back in. His hands are just just black and white and. And not frog. one you. The speed equal to one nautical mile an hour. It's just fucking worked out with a fucking rope. <laughs> I know it's not a bloke on a plane hanging out the window with a fucking rope. I bet I'll have a pair it's a good job you're breaking up on it and we only heard we can only hear every other word off you yeah (laughs) that was effectively beeping Skype was effectively beeping you out then (laughs) fucking googly so a um Widely believed that at eight o'clock in the evening, while between Seattle and Seattle, Seattle, Seattle and Reno, Nevada, widely believed to be near Ariel, Washington, Cooper lowered the rear steps and jumped. So he went down to the cargo hold, lowered the rear bay doors, and put on his sunglasses. Put on his took, sunglasses. Took off his clip-on yes. tie. Yes, that's an interesting one. I don't understand why he took the tie off. Because it would be evidence. So it wouldn't flap in his face. Well, I know why he did it, but put it in your pocket, throw it out the plane, do something with it. Well, you did throw it out the plane, but conceal it. It's got fingerprints on it. I mean, uh, he, he took so much care to give the note back to the stewardess so they couldn't get any fingerprints from the note. You know, he put stuff on his mind when they actually opened the fucking door. And he felt the speed of the wind. <laughs> and apparently, it was pissing it down at this at this point, and the, it was heavy cloud cover. So he, he wouldn't have been able to see the ground at all. Wow. So he's probably shitting himself a bit at this point. I know I fucking would be. Well, there's no way on earth you'd ever get me to jump out of a plane anyway. Let's put it that way. I will never. I'm terrified of heights. It's my one weakness. I'm okay if I know there's a railing or there's a parachute. In this case, I'll be safe. But if if it's on a ledge, if it's on a ledge where there's no railing or nothing, then I I do get bad vertigo then. I'm all right with railings, but I can't look over the side. Planes I'm fine with, weirdly. You know why? I'm all right with planes. But jumping out of one, nah. No, can't do it. Could not do it. 
I've abseiled briefly in my life, not nothing very high, you know, but no, I'm just like crapping it all the way down. Not good. So, so at this point, then he's took off his tie and he's jumped at the plane. Yep. And vanished into legend. Can't see you later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the nice shit. Yeah, I'm trying not to say too much unless it's absolutely necessary. Well, I've never stopped you before. Like informing you where the fucking nut comes from. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the one fact you've ever given us. But then to try and paint me out as somebody who thinks there's a man on a plane lean <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> Of a nautical knot. <laughs> it was for comedic effect. Don't take it personally. Don't wear near that stupid. And please continue <laughs> with the story. So, okay. The FBI launched what would become one of the longest and most exhaustive investigations in its history, known as Norjack. <laughs> Northwest hijacking. Or a can job from a Norwegian woman. (laughs) (laughs) Initially, the agency believed that Cooper knew both planes and the area, and it was speculated they served in the military, possibly as a paratrooper, which I think holds a bit of sway. But the FBI disagrees. Obviously, I'm not more qualified than the FBI. Why do they disagree? They say... That he was not an experienced skydiver because the jump was too dangerous. He failed to notice that his reserve parachute was sewn shut for use in training. And that jump is just apparently a bit nuts. And that, of course, remember, he's landing in woodland and swamp. Not the best place to be landing as a parachutist. Those fucking alligators in them swamps. Not that kind of swamp. Just a swamp you kind of um, <laughs> sink into. <laughs> and don't there, get back out. There was nothing stopping him. It's before the internet, but there was nothing stopping him talking to a mate who was in the parachute division and saying, what sort of speed and height would a plane this size need to be going in order for me to successfully jump out from it? Well, this is it. I mean, he may, he may not have been a parachute, but he could have been a former pilot. He could have just done parachute jumping as a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. I would argue that military training would be better for this type of jump because civilian parachutists don't tend to jump out of jet aircraft. (laughs) They tend to jump out of propeller-driven ones. Yeah. Nah, once you've jumped out of one airplane, you've jumped out of more. Mm, (laughs) Have you ever seen what a parked-up jet aircraft does to a a sized car where the engines are fully throttled? You'll be fine. <laughs> it was... Oh, well, you know, if you park a, a reasonably sized... Like any sort of car, really, behind a jet, and it throttles up the engines for some of the full power, right, that car's flipping over about 40 foot down the runway. Cartwheeling down it. So imagine what it's going to do to your fragile human body made of a skin and mush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your meat sack of a body. What's I gonna do to you? He probably, my cool hero who committed the perfect victimless crime, probably exploded in the fucking canopy of a tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Oh, he he landed. He he come down. 
in a, <laughs> a, a parachute that couldn't really be steered that it wasn't designed to be steered like a military rig a military parachute rig you, you can steer it you've got handles it's quite maneuverable you can literally put down in a 10 meter circle with a military parachute mm. but this wasn't a military parachute this is what the airline had right the reserve chute was sewn shut Nah. He noticed, or he decided he was that much of a badass, he didn't need one. Yeah. I know what he thought to himself before he jumped up. He noticed it. Of course, he noticed it, and he went, reserve shoots are for pussies. And then he threw his bag out, and it blew back in the wind, hit him in the eye. <laughs> he fell out the plane, didn't go. Yeah. Parachute got tangled, and he wished he had a reserve shoot. Yeah. What <laughs> <laughs> to say, fuck, fuck reserves. I want to know who the fuck's sewing up the fucking reserves chutes on a fucking plane. Well, apparently, he was given the parachute in Seattle. Probably the airline authorities. And for training purposes, apparently the um, parachute, the reserve chute was sewn shut. Maybe. (laughs) Um, I wouldn't say that it's for training purposes like for jumping out of planes. No. I'd say that like... I hope not. The first thing, like when you're about to jump, (laughs) <laughs> right. What, all they, what they all do is they check the man in front of them shoot. Yeah. So I, I assume it's like someone would have the dummy one with the reserve shoot. No. <laughs> so no. And they, they didn't spot it. They go, hey, mate, you've got the one with the sting shot uh, sewn up. Help me. <laughs> Train your next size, mate. Train your next size. <laughs> Okay, okay. Cool as fuck. 
One of the main suspects, the main suspect, in fact, was a guy called Richard Floyd McCoy, who was arrested for a similar crime several months later. Wow. It was nearly identical, wasn't it, man? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was, it was, <laughs> basically. He, too, passed a note to the air stewardess, and it said, uh, no funny stuff, same thing that was on the first note. Mm-hmm. Exactly identical. Yeah. Is it cat crime? Well, it could have been. Maybe some of you thought, hey, that's a great idea. Yeah. But this time I won't ask to like be flown over a swamp in yeah. the rain. <laughs> yeah, but he got caught. He got caught and DB Cooper yeah. didn't. Because he's dead. Because <laughs> his ankles were shattered after fucking jumping yeah, into that shitty swamp. And he was eaten by a bear. But yeah. <laughs> well, actually, he had a, he he had never a bit got of caught. a... He was actually arrested, eliminated as a suspect because he did not match the descriptions. While serving his sentence, McCoy made a fake gun and escaped from prison, but was killed in a shootout with law enforcement. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. I wish I'd have took the time to pick up a real gun on my way out. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I also wish I'd have taken off this bright orange overall with those <laughs> black arrows on them. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he had, he had balls, this other fella. Maybe we should do an oh. episode on him. <laughs> Maybe. So, well, he's dead Many now. speculated that Cooper, who was outfitted in a business suit, trench coat and loafers, smooth bastard, did not survive. At that altitude, the winds were more than 200 miles per hour, which is 322 kilometers, and the parachute he used could not be steered. In addition, he would have landed in a rugged, heavily wooded area. Now, after years of dead-end leads, investigators did get a break in 1980 when a boy found a decaying package containing $5,800 buried along the Columbia River north of Portland and some 20 miles 32 kilometers from Ariel. The serial numbers of the money, all of which were $20 bills, matched those of the ransom. Now, that suggests to me that he survived. Uh, not necessarily. No, it was, it wasn't like, per, I think it was just buried over time, like Nat, like it would wash down the river shore a bit, yeah. I think. So it looked like shit. It did, yeah. Well, you think uh, the, so, um, the briefcase they. Oh, what about yeah. that? Unless that's seen. When he smashed into the top of a tree at high velocity, I think the case may have flapped open. <laughs> what about if it was this McCoy, right? Mm. And he jumped out the plane, and mm. as he, and the, because the authorities are given the money in a nondescript briefcase rather than a big canvas sack with a dollar sign on it, as they used to do in the films, basically they, it just bust open in the winds. What if that happens? He just bust open, spilled the money everywhere, and he thought, oh, you know what, next time I do that, I'll ask for the nondescript sack <laughs> and the dollar bill on the front. Oh, damn. Next time I won't make the same mistake. Well, you've got to learn from your mistakes, Mike. <laughs> and I won't take a clip on tie. Yeah. I won't put a clip on tie on. I won't wear a tie. I think D.B. Cooper's impaled on a tree. <laughs> they would have found him if he was, though. Eaten by vultures. There'd still be bones. Just, no, they'd have just, everything got eaten, everything got consumed. 
There's a lot of. I doubt they've searched every square inch of that um, swamp land. That, like, you know what I mean? Maybe his body will turn up one day. Yeah, or maybe. Like, yeah, apparently, but he was a uh, very calm, polite, and well-spoken. Legend. Didn't hurt yeah. anybody. That was the flight attendant, Tina Mucklow, said that. He appeared familiar with the local terrain, and at one point he remarked, looks like Tacoma down there, as the aircraft flew above it. He also uh, correctly mentioned that McCord Air Force Base was only a 20-minute drive at that time from the Seattle-Tacoma airport. Mm. So well. He's obviously planned it out. She said that he seemed rather nice. He was never cruel or nasty. He was thoughtful and calm all the time. He ordered a second bourbon and soda, paid his drink tab, and attempted to give Mucklow the change, and offered to request meals to the flight crew during the stop in Seattle. What a nice guy! <laughs> mm. He's like, yeah, should definitely be played by Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Definitely. In the movie. Well, it's nice to think that maybe he survived and he's out there somewhere, but I think the chances are that, you know, I mean, imagine if he jumped out and then just flapped immediately in, back into the side of the plane because of the speed and wind and, like, that, like, shattered his spine and he... Oh. Dead. He could have just been sucked into the fucking engine, to be fair. Did he jump out the back door? He jumps in the back door, but maybe the plane slows down or, I don't know, Some... if the wind's underneath, he could get carried backwards and then drawn back up. It's a possibility. Oh, man. Apparently, though, he asked for four parachutes, and uh, they found two of them still on board the plane. So maybe he did realise that the one reserve chute was sewn shut, but he'd already packed the... Because uh, you when you when you parachute, you pack, if you know what you're doing, you pack the parachute yourself. Mm. I think pretty much every sort of anyone who's got any skydiving knows will pack their chute themselves. So maybe he did realise it was sewn shut and done, but you know what? I've packed it now. I'll take another with me. Wow. Where's one on the front, one on the back? You still got parachutes. You don't want one going off in your face, though, do you? you I'd imagine the military have got a system for that. Yeah. Yeah, they'd have thought of it. Yeah, it's actually an Oregon man named D.B. Cooper who had a minor police record as one of the first persons of interest in the case. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the typo, the poor bastard. Imagine yeah. I know. Just break him up. <laughs> Fuck it. His name matches. I suppose the problem is um, a precise search area is difficult to define. I mean, he's jumping out of a plane going 200 knots at 10,000 feet. Yeah. <laughs> Even the. How fast that, man? <laughs> well, obviously, the part of the me because he'd be leaning out the window with a rope in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> Don't trigger me. <laughs> it's all too easy to. Equivalent uh, <laughs> of a nautical knot. We've established this. <laughs> so, I mean, environmental conditions along the flight path, which varied significantly by location and attitude, could have changed his landing point considerably. An important variable. Hmm? Sorry? Altitude or, altitude or attitude. Altitude. <laughs> <laughs> and his attitude. And attitude. Could have been both. He's like, I will land in that fucking zone. I will. And he did. You don't want to land there, mate. The local attitude is very, very negative. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to a future topic we're going to be doing, it might be there's evidence that just 
by willing something, you can change the outcome. So maybe he did. Yeah, that was a word. Maybe it was I... his attitude. That saved have, him. You, have you been reading The Secret? <laughs> have you got a dream board, Mike? Yeah, got a vision board, Mike. A vision board. Have you got a vision board? Well, apparently the, the, the science may back this up wow. to some extent. You Possibly. know, this that episode's gonna be one fucking long stream of you trying to explain it to me and Gaz, who are then just gonna rip rip it a new one with our working class thoughts and minds. I'll I'll listen. I'm open. I read <laughs> I read the secret. I tried it. I think if you could go back through my Facebook and find a very cringy post where I t- thought I was the first person to discover it and told everyone about the secret. <laughs> no, uh, I've never done a right. secret, but I guess it works along the same lines. Well, I never went as far as to build the vision board and all that. I thought that's a bit step too far. <laughs> I couldn't be asked. A vision yeah. board? I read the secret, asked. but I couldn't be asked to build the vision board. <laughs> <laughs> I could have a Ferrari now if I could have only got a picture out. <laughs> <laughs> a multi-millionaire with a hot Brazilian supermodel wife, but no. No. I could be fucking arsed. I'd rather play. You have to build the board. <laughs> I completed all five Grand Theft Autos. Was that on the vision board? No, I just did it with my own mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, guys, you willed it. You willed it so much it happened. Yeah, man. Just like when I did a shit this morning. <laughs> it was that willing anything. Oh, I decided to shit. It's not like well, my no, bike, well, like, I'll tell you what, then. Like, I made a decision to go downstairs shit. Well, I'll tell you what. Next time, decide not to go and have a shit and see what happens. <laughs> what happens? Later on in the day, I'm fucking hiding in a bush at the side of a dual <laughs> carriage. <laughs> getting there, seeing me or getting it on my own work boot. That's not a decision you've made, though. It's a necessity. <laughs> I once found a, dis- a discarded, like, porcelain toilet bowl in the middle of, like, the wood at the oh side of the road. Like, oh, my God. I- I'm so tempted to shit in that. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I did lick the seat while I was wanking, though. <laughs> well, naturally. <laughs> you know what? Well, doesn't surprise me. Just a normal day in a lay-by for a van drive. <laughs> normal day. It's lonely on the road, isn't it? It is. <laughs> <laughs> Holding me fucking rope out the window to see the spin. See if we don't it. Officer pulls you over. I was only going 30 knots. What are you on about? <laughs> And he's like, the best you're going to, yeah, 30, and he's not sitting through my hand as I held out the window. I get epileptic with rage as I explain, it's the fucking equivalent of a nautical fucking <laughs> coil with nuts on it. <laughs> <laughs> you know. You ain't gonna have a seat in the back of my vehicle for a moment. Hand me your... <laughs> Sure, sure, you're a rape den. <laughs> Gonna have a, do you want another lesson on nautical uh, speed measurement? Is there? No, no. <laughs> no. <Yeah>. Oh. <laughs> we finished CB Keeper? No, not yet. Oh, fuck's sake. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> he was it then, Ben. He was he. Well, hang on. 
You see, I see they were the FBI investigation. So because they couldn't find the search uh, area, you know, you can't. It's a massive area. He could have gone anywhere. If, in fact, an important variable, the length of time you remained in free fall before pulling the ripcord. If he opened it at all, he could have just been knocked unconscious by the high speed, high speed winds and uh, fell to his death. Who knows? There was Air Force fighter pilots trailing at a distance. This plane, because it had been hijacked. But they didn't see anything leave, visually or on radar, nor did they see a parachute open. But at night, with extremely limited visibility and cloud cover, excluding any ground lighting below, an airborne human figure clad in entirely in black clothing could have easily gone undetected. In fact, it's, to be fair, the pilots never actually made visual contact with the plane at all. They were tracking it on radar. Wow. An experimental recreation, the FBI agents pushed a 200-pound, it's a 91-kilogram sled, out the open aircraft. It was concluded that 8.13 p.m. was the most likely jump time. Trying to, uh, at that moment, the aircraft was flying through a heavy rainstorm, so it would have obscured the radar even further. I suppose they, they had an interest in like, uh, finding out what happened, didn't they? Because you can't have people getting on planes and demanding parachutes and being able to jump off them. True. Because they kept the case open till fairly recently, didn't they? They just handed it on to somebody else. Well, that's it. I mean, um, I think as well, you'd be like, well, if we do catch this guy, shouldn't we get the teachers? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe they did catch him, didn't report it, and just employed him to teach people how to jump out of high-speed high aircraft. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what happened to him. It's just occurred to me. He went on to become a member of the A-team, known as Fake. <laughs> nah. mm-hmm. Apparently, so, it's interesting that sometime after the hijacking, the cigarette butts were lost and have never turned up since, because he obviously was smoking on the plane. Mm. Uh, somebody probably kept them as a memento. Yeah. Mm. This air stewardess who fell in love with him because it was Face Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was Spaceman. Never know. Only four pieces of evidence, two definite and two potential, that have been linked to D.B. Cooper have turned up from 1978 to 2017. Mm. So one of them is the money. Yep. The other is in November 1978, a placard printed with instructions for lowering the aft stairs or the back of the plane of a 727 was found by a deer hunter near a logging road about 13 miles 21 kilometers east of Castle Rock, Washington well north of Lake Merwin but within the basic flight path of the plane Mm. you see if they found that it would lead me to believe that if if he was dead they would have found his body yeah yeah Yeah. that's true that's why he was eaten by animals, I think. It's certainly yeah, a possibility. The animals wouldn't eat the briefcase or the parachutes, would they? The FBI disclosed that Cooper chose the older of the two primary parachutes applied to him rather than the technically superior professional sport parachute. And that from the two reserve parachutes, he selected a dummy. Uh, it was actually intended for classroom demonstrations, although it had clear markings identifying it to any experienced skydiver as non-functional. 
So what's the point he, in taking it? He cannibalized the other functional reserve parachute, possibly using its shrouds. He cannibalized it. What? He ate it. <laughs> yes, Mike, he ate it. He ate the parachute, yeah. <laughs> you're full of silk, you don't fall as fast. <laughs> Science. Science, that is. <laughs> what are you doing, you mama? You don't wear a parachute, you eat it. Of course you eat the silk. You float down like a leaf falling from a tree. Oh, <laughs> uh, fucking hell. Now, he kind of, so, yes, he basically used the functional reserve parachute to tie the money bag shut and to secure the bag to his body. That was witnessed. The FBI stressed the inclusion of the dummy reserve parachute was one of four obtained in haste from a Seattle skydiving school. And it was a pure accident. Hmm. Okay. So there are 11 top suspects. Right. Um, but some of them are very tenuous. Now, we've already mentioned one suspect, which is Robert Floyd McCoy Jr., who attempted something like that uh, a few months later. Although he yeah. was armed with a pistol and a grenade when he did it. Huh. Wow. Robert Rackstraw, pilot and <laughs> Vietnam veteran, was cleared in the 80s, but a 2016 book makes the case that he was, because he found coded messages in letters are ri- allegedly written by the hijacker and sent to several newspapers after the crime. Sherwood, who was the uh, journalist and investigator, says that these hidden messages all point to Rackstraw, including one he says includes... Rackstraw's name and former military rank. Of course, he denies all allegations, but remains cagey. Wow. Mm. What do you think? Oh, I, I think this, whoever this is, is probably a very high-end military parachutist. I mean, mm. I think you'd have to be. Where else would you get that kind of training to be able to jump out of a plane in literally any weather or conditions? You've got to be like Tier A, Tier 1, SAS... Delta Force. Didn't they find rare earth minerals on his tie? Something like that, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and it came from a laboratory working for Boeing, didn't it? That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, so I think that's probably the most likely, that he was a engineer working for Boeing. Knew how the planes worked. An engineer with balls of steel. Who yep. may well have been a parachutist at some point. No, I mean, let's face it, I mean... You're not going to attempt that jump if you never parachuted before. It's no, he, you're not he was going to that jump if you're not 100%. He was in his mid-40s, wasn't he? Yeah. It, so he could have served in World War Two, perhaps? World War Two. yeah, yeah. Korea could have been yeah. Vietnam as well, remember? There you go. I could have been a parachute in the Army. Hmm? He could have been had parachute training in the Army. The thing is, I mean, he could have had parachute training in any army, for all we know. He's in the French Foreign Legion. (laughs) You know, you laugh, but so many veterans went, because they knew no other trade, went to the French Foreign Legion. Mm. You know, lots of former German soldiers in the French Foreign Legion in the 50s, 60s, 70s. Lots of French, lots of Spanish, lots of Americans, because they didn't have any other sort of skill. 
Did the French Foreign Legion work for the French state? It did. Mm. Basically, they, they get French nationality after X amount of years' service, but you can volunteer from anywhere. But it is very tough. It is like one of their elite forces. Mm. Notice that the French have to rely on other people to be in, the, to be in their <laughs> wars. But anyway, <laughs> do that. Oh. Okay, next guy, Walter Rieker. He is a former military parachutist, of course. He's been publicly linked to the crime over the years. And his um, best mate, apparently, was uh, talking to him. In an interview with the Washington Post, his mate said he suspected his friend might be Cooper. And he said, it feels like something he would do, he said. When Rika finally acknowledged, I wasn't surprised. That's not proof, though, is it? No, no. um, (laughs) Look all the shit you claim to do. (laughs) Uh, I do all of it. (laughs) All of it. There's a theory there's a woman. Lynn Doyle Cooper. Um, I thought it was a man. Well, maybe she was in disguise. Yeah, Audie Cooper. She died in 1999. It was the uncle of... Sorry, so... No, Lynn is actually a man in this scenario. (laughs) You fucking idiot. (laughs) You fucking moron. Didn't we far enough down? It's 2020. (laughs) He was the uncle of a woman called Marla Cooper, and she shared her claims in a televised interview. Citing memories from when she was eight years old, she first told ABC News this week she recorded her uncle was planning something just suspicious just before Thanksgiving 1971 at her grandmother's house. They used walkie-talkies and left supposedly to go turkey hunting. On the Thanksgiving morning, Lynn Doyle Cooper, knowing the family as LD, returned to the home bloody and bruised, claiming he'd been in a car accident. She then overheard him say, we did it, our money problems are over, we hijacked an airplane. Ben, um, yeah. I once had an uncle who did plan to do something suspicious to me at my grandmother's house. Really? <laughs> <laughs> and I well, ended up bloody and bruised. <laughs> <laughs> no planes involved, unfortunately. <laughs> well, this guy's quite interesting, John List. He was a World War II and Korean War veteran who, in 1971, murdered his wife, three teenage children, an 85-year-old mother, 15 days before the hijacking. After the murders, List happened to withdraw 200000 from his mother's bank account and disappeared. He was captured in 1989 after living under a false identity for 17 years. He admitted to killing his family but told authorities he had no involvement. Uh, mainly ex- because he said their height and weights were about the same and they wore glasses. So he's like, no, no, mistaken identity. But I did kill my family. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and steal 200 grand off them. Yeah. After I killed them. Yep. What a guy. Yeah. Robert Richard Lepsey. After the Cuba hijacking in 1971, Lepsey's daughter, Lisa, told the free press her family was stunned by what they saw on TV. And she, quote, we were all sitting on the couch watching Walter Cronkite, said Lisa, when the composite sketch <laughs> of D.B. Cooper came on the TV screen and everyone looked at each other and said, that's dad. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> He's up the plane again. Yeah, he disappeared in 1969. So two years mm. after, they're like, oh, my God, that's dad. 
And he's never mm. turned up. Never turned up? Could be him. Mm. Also, them composite sketch things, they, you know. I mean, how accurate are they? Really? I mean, how well can you describe my face to an artist to recreate it? Well, it's different, isn't it? Because I've known you for a while, but if you just somebody <coughs> you just met in a traumatising situation for a couple of hours, I don't know, maybe mm. not that well. Oh, well. All right, I've got one here for you. Okay. All right, last one. Barbara Dayton. Who's he? <laughs> <laughs> well, funny you should say that. It's funny you should say that. In 2016, an online story that D.B. Cooper was not a man at all, but a woman who disguised herself as one in order to pull off the most audacious air heist in history. The article explained Dayton was born a male, but underwent gender reassignment surgery in 1969, <laughs> I knew this would trigger you, and lived that as Barbara rather than a given name, Bobby. In 1977, Dayton, a pilot with a parachute training, met them and became friends. As their relationship deepened, Dayton confided two secrets. The first, that she'd formerly been a man. The second, that she was, in fact, D.B. Cooper. So you're telling me... The coolest guy jacket ever, Steve <sighs> Cooper, is now a trans icon. Well, I wouldn't say that, but um, I'd certainly say that maybe um, it's will a their, possibility. Will their tentacles have, like, ever stop? Is there nothing they won't taint? <laughs> <laughs> you fucking transphobe. Uh, it's a joke. It's a com- I'm a comedy transphobe. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Like, remember them old racist sitcoms? Yeah, like Love Thy Neighbour. <laughs> yeah, that seem horribly dated now to modern eyes. Oh, yeah. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> You're literally stuck in a 70s sitcom. You're the <laughs> old garnet of the podcast world. <laughs> no, I wouldn't go that far, Mike. There are associations there that I do not want to attach myself to. What yeah. I wouldn't attach myself to supporting West Ham either. I am the <laughs> I am the 2020 equivalent, is what I mean, because I'm a good trans off me fucking lawn, you freak. <laughs> fucking hell. <Get> job. <laughs> the fuck about what you feel on the inside. You're a fucking job. You still need a job, whatever you identify as, don't you? You little bastard. <laughs> Do you know what I'm going to do later, Mike? I'm going to wrap a £20 note around my willy and wank myself silly. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Why are you going to do that? Just to show my love for capitalism. All oh, right. I was wondering. In the, only, in the most loving way I could think of. Hang on. You're still using cash in the middle of a pandemic? I haven't had cash on me for three months. I've been paying contactless. How the fuck do you think my drug dealer hasn't got contactless? Well... Well, okay, fair enough, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just transfer my the money, he deals with it. Don't, don't get me wrong, I have been using contactless everywhere else as to be a good citizen, but yeah, unfortunately, you know, he doesn't keep track of his transactions in that <laughs> sort of... Well, you, you know what, they should legalise marijuana and allow you to pay by card and have it delivered to your house by drone, maybe, or some kind of weed delivery van... I have my luxury communist future, that will be... Oh, you see? Are you oh, down for the luxury uh, communist future now, guys? No, I don't want that. I, I like to just walk around his house and say, all right, mate, 
can I have this? And he goes, yeah, and I give him his thing. And then I don't want the drone to drop it off. I like to go around and... We're going you just to, want a tooth on the light bulb pipe, don't you? We're going to... <laughs> in your future, we're going to turn to Wally. It is, though, to be fair, Mike. We are going to all end up on really fat on hover scooters. Well, we're, just, we're becoming that now, aren't we? So, no, well, that's, but... still put around with dealers. <laughs> <laughs> but you want I'm to more becoming fat. <laughs> well, I'm the only person that's lost weight in the lockdown because I've been working as a driver and everywhere's been shut. It's been quite unhealthy, actually. Yeah. Well, apart from the people that are starving to death because they couldn't get any food. Who's but... starving to death? Well, I'm sure there's somebody. Fuck off with your communism and your misery. <laughs> it all I've lost weight um, everywhere shut. Who oh, fucking have people starving? Oh, fuck it, am I? <laughs> <laughs> have a day off. <laughs> There's no days off in the revolution, guys. Oh, fucking hell. Fuck the revolution. You, the United States on fire. I'll be the one in the businesses with an IR-15. No, I won't. I'll be in the house. I'll be nowhere fucking near any of it. Guys, I'd love to see you fire an automatic rifle. I'd be probably better at it than you expect, young man. I sort of see you close your eyes and go, ah, as you lose off all the rounds. You're assuming I've not fired a gun. I don't think you've fired an assault rifle. No, but I've fired a gun. What kind of gun? A big one. Do you think I'm going to, like, piss myself and wet my pants? Yeah, maybe. Well, and you, because you're Rambo, you'll be stood there with face paint on, like, like the manliest man alive. No, I'll come for you and... Uh... Could you even pick one of them fucking things up at them? Oh, well, this really tells me how much he bench presses at the moment. Of course, I could carry 14 AR-15s and uh, Oh, God. Well, I dare say, you could hold two oh, AR-15s men, and I don't uh, gals because they're not that heavy. challenge of a men's gun skills because I'm really <laughs> happy with the size of my penis and how much it's <laughs> Little man. Ben, <laughs> the story. in wartime, Ben would last five minutes because someone of his own troop would shoot him in the back for being yeah. a cunt. <laughs> well, right point there. No, we've all had a turn in the barrel today. That's just the way it should be. Let's just not set anything on fire. Tensions are high. I'm just saying that, you know, I can't imagine you doing a far maneuver exercise with an assault rifle, and, and I just can't imagine it. Why not? I de- definitely well, not ben, me. Ben, I would look. Ben, on, I'm not yeah. saying I'm a manly man. Right. But do you remember that I used to play basketball for the England under-16 boys? Probably a manly sport, though, was it? Wait, my point is, I'm not an uncoordinated fucking goof like with three left feet and a fucking arm going out his back, you fucking prick. Of course, if I was in the fucking army and I chose to do that, I'd be as good at it as any other fucker, wouldn't I? Because I'm a perfectly able-bodied human being and I'm spastic! <laughs> I'm just saying that after all the years of weed and alcohol abuse... Why would I do it now, age 37, you fuck? What are you on about? <laughs> ben, go and have a wank and calm down. Mm. I don't even know we got onto that. I admit that I firmly would be like bubbles at a trailer park, boys. <laughs> yeah, he, always, he saves the day at the end. You probably would be, Mike. He saves the day, doesn't he, usually? Bubbles always saves the day. Uh, it's just the most amazing thing, watching bubbles fire a Kalashnikov. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he has got Coke bottles on his face. Oh, yeah. It's an amazing right. sight. It's an amazing you know, the sight. The actor has, has literally ruined his own eyesight over time. 
from wearing mm. stupid glasses he doesn't actually need. No. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. the millions help soothe him. Yeah, that has become a very successful show. Yeah. Maybe not yeah. millions, but... Well, Snoop Dogg's appearing in it. Fuck. Yeah, there's a whole, like... There's an animated one that I haven't seen. Is that... Anyway, let's not do too much yeah. of a tangent. What were we even on about before you started challenging... Painting me out again. So, so far, this episode... To be fair, it was your turn last week in the barrel, but so far, I think that people on aeroplanes hold <laughs> ropes out of the window <laughs> to see how fast they go. If I attempted to hold a gun and run at the same time, I would suddenly turn into Walter the fucking Fanny from the Beano. No. Actually, I didn't say hold the gun and, and run Mommy. at the same time. I said you might... What I was trying to insinuate was that you might be alarmed by the, the loud noise and recoil. Look, let's not get back into it. Let's... Where are we? D.B. Cooper. Who's D.B. Cooper? I have no fucking idea. No one knows. The FBI I don't know. I don't know. He's dead. He's he dead. He is dead. I... I do think he knew what he was doing when he jumped out the plane, though. I think he knew how to parachute. I don't think he was a complete novice. Like, Well, I think the weather and the terrain would have made a fool of us all on that day. I think you're possibly right. I mean, the, um, it was pissing down with rain. Wind was up. Who knows where he landed? Yeah, he... I don't know, man. I think if he might he be alive. Land. Maybe he's out there, man. Living the dream. <laughs> Well, they found that thing, didn't they? And they found the money, and so it stands to reason they would have perhaps found the body and the parachutes. You'd see the parachutes. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Surely, even in the if he's if he's jumping into woodland, well, then he'd get, on, he'd get hung up in the trees. But obviously not, because nobody did. It's maybe. That's it's, what I mean. It's, well, we don't know. So maybe what I'm saying is. We don't know how dense the tree was, how well they searched and looked, like, you know, and it, how long would it take to degrade? Maybe not that long in the weather, mm. swampy weather, maybe. Mm. Got, who fucking knows? It could have been yeah. ripped well, to shreds. Fuck I like no. to think that if they couldn't find the parachute, he survived, packed it away, buried it somewhere, and maybe he did. And the ultimate thing was that I think that he. What if they, they, when they found the money, what if the money bag flung open and he lost all the cash on the way down? You'd be gutted, wouldn't you? Of course, you fucking would. Wouldn't even be able to get a taxi back home. Yeah. Imagine. I think that's a possibility. I think he did it. I think he survived it. And I think that he lost the money on the way down and just went into hiding. Maybe it was that other guy. Maybe it was that McCoy who tried it later on. Certainly but, a possibility. Mm. Yeah. Right, any, any other thoughts? If the FBI aren't going to crack it, then I don't think we have so much of a chance. Mm, there is that. You. There is that. We don't even know what nautical knots are. <laughs> <laughs> right. Weird Come news. Let's get the boys' views on this week's weird news. Okay, this £339 anti-5G device turned out to be a £5 USB key with a sticker on it. (laughs) Wow. A BBC News investigation has discovered that a £339 USB key that claims to block magnetoelectric fog 
supposedly caused by 5G networks, is nothing more than a £5 USB device with a sticker attached. <laughs> Burn it down! I love it. We should do that shit. That's how, we, that's how you make money in this capitalist society. Um, Lies. Yeah. Yeah. We sell dreams. We sell mm-hmm. dreams. There you go. The BioShield retails at £339.60, including VAT, which is valued added tax. Although a special offer can see lucky customers bag three for just £958.80. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. The device is marketed by makers as, a, quote, the result of the most advanced technology currently available for balancing and prevention of the devastating effects caused by non-natural magnetoelectric waves, particularly, but not limited, to 5G for all biological life forms. Fucking hell. Excellent. It's a favourite of Glastonbury Town Councillor Toby Hall, one of several members of an advisory committee who produced a report after a six-month investigation into the report of 5G, despite repeated assertions from scientists the technology is totally safe. Or told BBC News that he uses the device and finds it helpful. Uh, it might be helpful when it comes to storing files, but after putting it apart, BBC News concluded the stick was nothing more than a bog-standard USB stick and with only 128 megabytes of storage available to boot. Uh, can't even store more than at least two. Um, that's about what two short porn films. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who stores porn these days? Well, some people do. I don't. I stream it. But it's all about the streaming, baby. It's all about the streaming. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, to be fair, anyone who thinks 5G is going to kill us all is clearly a bit of a fucking muppet. I'm going to wait and see if my cock melts off before I comment any further. Well, I do that because of the form of VD you've had, guys. <laughs> Very strong possibility. Contributed <laughs> <laughs> factor, somewhat. But, you know. <laughs> you know. The internet's Throw it out there. The internet's going to be real fast. If it's no faster, then I call bullshit. But if it goes super fast, then, yeah. Yeah, I'm literally... Then, the food yeah. reading is already killing us from a cellular level, like slowly over time. Yeah. So the microplastics. Yeah. Bodies. Why? Why worry? Exactly. I don't. <laughs> why worry about a bit of fucking cancer 5G internet? Ooh. Toxic you know, fumes in the air. Yeah. Break I dust. Smoke, I drink. I live next to a main road. Yeah. I eat crap. Oh, well, certainly crap food because it's and, and you still manage to be if he's crap. And you still grow in your own a, garden. A golden god? I am a golden god, admittedly. <laughs> but chances uh, are... Rambo. I'm Rambo. <laughs> and Andy McNabb. <laughs> and possibly Robocop. Oh, for f- fuck, I'm not having that. You can fuck. <laughs> 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 or, or Arnie in Predator. Oh, God. He's getting yeah. worse, Mike. He is, he is. It's the lockdown. <laughs> Find yourself staring at the mirror for long periods of time, admiring yourself. Well, I was filming myself having sex with Lisa, my ghost girlfriend, the other oh, day. God, that's something I don't want to see. Ben, <laughs> ben, <laughs> ben. 
and I was, I had a, I've got a mirror in my room, and I was looking at my mirror thinking, man, I'm shredding. You know what that pose Christian Bale does in American Psycho? <laughs> when he's looking in the mirror, banging that chick, I was like that. <laughs> Except she was like, my ghost girlfriend. Oh my gosh. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, mm, nice abs. Can you imagine telling this to a psychiatrist? <laughs> I tried not to. They'd start pressing the secret button under the table, the panic button. Uh, <laughs> well, I try not to tell these things to my psychiatrist. Well, it's a good job it's only me and Mike listening. <laughs> oh, bless. Well, is there any more on that? No. Okay. No, really. Uh, you got something, Mike? Yeah, next one. VD. <laughs> <laughs> Love Island's Thomas Powell rating vaginas for five pounds as fans send X-rated pics. Who the fuck's Thomas Powell and why can't I get this job? <laughs> the Welsh reality TV star, 28, oh, has it. seemingly set up the new money-spinning business venture on his OnlyFans account. Thomas brags about being in the top 3% the providers on the site, which sees people pay a monthly subscription fee to see their favourite star's saucy content. So basically, people pay this guy for him to pose his pants or less. Yeah. Yeah, they get exclusive pics. Right. It's all the rage. I follow a girl called Gemma on Twitter because she's gorgeous. And she made like, a, she's really open. She prints all like, Basically, she's gone from a council estate girl to, like, earning millions of pounds a year just through this site. Quite impressive, to be honest with you. Well, only fans. Yeah. Wow. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think everybody's earning that sort of, uh, you know, I think for most people, it's just a little bit of a, a boost. But, yeah, it's all the rage these days. That's uh, a way for young ladies to make money. Amen. Well, yeah, amen. But it's definitely this guy might be in the top 3%, but there is definitely way more women doing it than men. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Looking too right. I mean, most models these days have an OnlyFans account. Mm. Yeah, I just thought, this girl's just quite impressive. Her name's just Gemma on Twitter. She doesn't post anything like filthy on Twitter. It's just impressive how a normal person, just for taking pictures of herself, has, has now made herself a millionaire. It's impressive. Yeah, I wish makes me wish I had an incredible set of breasts. <laughs> well, if you had a sex change, you could. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, nah, never mind. Moving on. <laughs> well, you could just have some breasts put in. No. No. No, you're never going to work. You just... <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not <laughs> if I want, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting there fondly. Fondling your breasts and wanking all day. Yeah, Don't want to pay for it, guys. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yes. It, should we do the next news story? Anyway, uh-huh. basically, this guy's paying them. Um, should you want to send, um, what's his name? Thomas Powell, a picture of your genitals, male or female, for £5, he will rate them via text. Imagine paying £5 to be told by some C-list celebrity that you've <laughs> got an horrible cock. <laughs> You'd be so pissed off. Someone who pays going... £10 gets a rating <laughs> with a voice message. Did you hear that, Ben? No. 
Mike said I was, Gaz. <laughs> Horrified, I made a complaint. <laughs> I want my money back. He said he looked like a burnt mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> he said I look like POTUS. <laughs> he said he couldn't see it. Someone who pays £10 will get their dick or vagina rating with a voice message. And if you pay 25 quid, you get a custom video response. I love your cock. He also sells his used underwear for 100 quid a time. Oh, my gosh. Shit. Uh, I would if I could. He's, he is literally in the top 3% of OnlyFans accounts. He's coining it in. Oh, well. Oh, fair play. He's worked hard in the gym by the looks of him. I'll give him that. I'd say. <laughs> fair play. Yeah. If I looked like that, I'd be doing the same. Yeah, me too. Although, I, you know, I don't look as good as him, but I'm not far off. Oh, God, yeah. Should I do the next news story? <laughs> I may do yeah. the same, but I'm not rating cocks for five. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this one's from the Daily Star. I noticed. Oh. Sunday Sport. Yeah, Sunday Sport, say. sorry, Sunday Sport. The equivalent of the Daily Star, effectively, but on a Sunday. No. no. Daily Star's a normal it's, newspaper. It's the equivalent of the... Daily Star's not a normal newspaper. Yeah, it is. It's just like the Sun. Yeah, their Sunday it's, one called the Sunday Star. Yeah. This, this is the Daily Sport. Oh. Fucking hell, the clue's in the name, Ben. <laughs> well, I know that, but the Daily Star's pretty fucking similar, though, isn't it? Nah, it's more like the sun, isn't it? This yeah. is just... The Daily Star's in between the sun and this. Yeah. Well, can I give the listeners some examples before we get to this article? Can I give that there's three art- three headlines before this article? Can I can I read them, Jermaine? Go on, then. I'll give you an example of the Sunday sport. Mars bars up arse champ, branded a cheat... <laughs> For using the small multi-pack ones. <laughs> right. Yeah. This was great headlines. In Burnley. <laughs> Cheers, Martin Lewis. You turn my wife into a lesbian. <laughs> I bet you shave money though. Well, the next one, Ock I the Poo, Scottish Lockdown Village, keeps out visitors by pelting them with dog dirt. <laughs> and then that leads us on to the article that Gaz is going to read. Sorry, I'm just chewing a biscuit. Because I'm professional. Yes, apparently so. And finally, I only wanted the seagulls to peck my willy. Perv lay naked at seaside with chips around his <laughs> Oh, for fuck's sake. Who wants that? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> I mean, honestly, right? I'd rather have two masked men in the middle of the night turn up in my bedroom and be shit <laughs> than that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, cause the, what if they mistake his penis for some of the chips? Well, that's what he wants. That's what he wants. Well, he wants to lose his dick. No, he just wants a bit of a peck. What if they just take it? Well, that's a danger, isn't it? Well, I think it's a risky business. (laughs) Of course it it is. (laughs) 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 
A pervert lay naked on a busy beach and piled hot chips on his cup. Also, <laughs> he wanted I, also, I just bear this in mind, hot chips. In Britain, he's at the seaside, he's in the chip shop. They are cooked in fucking oil. They are roasting. <laughs> I let them cool a bit first. <laughs> <laughs> They're hot chips. He's putting them on his balls. And his, oh, I'm sorry, this guy's a... This guy just needs fucking shooting in his substantial forehead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Where were we? Hot chips on cock. He put chips on his cock. He put chips on his cock. That, that's, we've got it. He, <laughs> well, his name is fucking Watson Frobisher. And he bought a bag of chips in Whitby, North Yorkshire, home of Bram Stoker, before striding the sands, where he stripped and began his bizarre performance. Well, by piling molten oil hot cut chipped over his dick and balls. He's got a Purr's moustache and ate his glasses, and he deserves to be shot. <sighs> well, that's how he gets his kicks. With hot chips. Would That's you be enthused if you went to Whitby Gaz with your family and the girls and some guys lay on the beach with a mountain of chips over his genitals <laughs> while seagulls peck at him and he rides in orgasmic pleasure? Would you be in, would you be enthusiastic at that one? It's all right, so you get him off, isn't it? <laughs> Couldn't he do it in his garden? Why? Where the... no one can see. No, he went to the beach, Gaz. Oh my god. Oh my god. Why the fuck would I take my family to Whitby? Maybe on some kind of Dracula tour? First fucking mistake. <laughs> got to that shithole. Dracula fest? People like him. I'm fucking Dracula enthusiasts. Goths do love Whitby. Oof. And I fucking hate goths, so fuck Whitby and this cunt. That's the fucking news. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, oh, you're God. like, oh, well, you know. Gets, you know, gets, gets him off, innit? You want me saying that? You took your family around there, though. I mean, come on. I guess not. No. And he has an excessively large forehead and pervy moustache. He does. He does. That's probably why he was on a beach with chips on his cock. Yeah. Can I read you a headline down from that one? Okay. Door-to-door sex R salesman makes 100k during lockdown. Uh-huh. Well, it's affected us all in different ways. <laughs> he got rid of 5,000 sex arses, so sex toys that are an arse, and has made a fortune flogging them door-to-door. Yeah, I bought one. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a brum, he's yeah. in the area. Yeah. It was the best £3.50 I ever spent. <laughs> Actually, Mike, he's charging £20 a pop. Oh, well, I'm a special customer. No! Because well, he, he gets to fuck your ass. <laughs> what, for si- 16 50 or whatever it is? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I'll be lucky. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I guess, that that concludes the, I guess that concludes the episode, doesn't it, really? Yeah. On that bombshell... Say goodbye then. Well, hang on. I was waiting to see if anyone else was in today. We're waiting for you to fucking finish it. 
Well, don't wait for me to finish, mate. It'll take a while. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <coughs> thanks for listening. That's been DB Cooper. I've been Ben. Don't drink the flavor aid. Don't join a cult. Don't put chips around your penis. Yeah, pretty much it. I've been guys. Free beef tannin. I've been Mike. Thanks for listening. Peace out. Let the force be with you. And of course, wherever you are, stay safe in these strange, strange times that we live in. But if you want to dress as Batman and go to a riot, I'm also cool with that. <laughs> right. Good night.